This is episode 81 of the Gamer Sushi Show. In this week's episode, we talk a bit about what we're playing, some gaming news including Nintendo and SimCity, and polish it off with the perils of early access. Hi, welcome to the Gamer Sushi Show. I'm Eddie. I'm Jeff. I'm Nick. And that's and, it. And that's it. <laughs> there is this is a three-man cast. This is a it's a Smoothie Films reunion. Oh yeah, cast. not really. Yes, but you know. I mean, you might randomly hear Daniel so, in the background every once in a while at, at Nick's place. He might. Oh yeah, that's true. He does oh. love her. Oh, oh there he goes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so this is episode eighty-one of. The podcast. Um, I'm going to try not to talk about how it's a miracle that we made it this far again because we talk about that every cast, but it really is a miracle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, so, let's just talk about that when we get to like 100, I guess. Yeah. So, you know, in 2016. Right. Um, yeah. It'll be a glorious year. <laughs> yes. So, Mitch and Anthony are out. They quit. They're gone. Or, um, mm-hmm. They quit. Good, good riddance. Yeah. They've quit. Friendship and the site. Um, uh, yes, friendship. Yeah. Um, but we're still making Mitch edit this, so he's weeping right now. <laughs> they didn't really quit, but we're going to talk very badly about them. <laughs> um, Actually, kind of, Anthony uh, is like very. He, he won't yeah, get Anthony, Anthony's like ill. <laughs> so, so we should we shouldn't speak ill of the the half dead. And not ill in like the good way, like the good ill. Not he's not ill. Like, like the urban population uses right. it. Yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> what is it with this ra- the racism in twenty? I don't know. I, I I got racist like real quick last podcast. Also, is this, is this your is this the resolution? More racism <laughs> yeah, in twenty fourteen. <laughs> the year the year of the racist. That's that's twenty fourteen. It's like Chinese New Year, but you know. Okay. I, I almost said something racist. <laughs> I almost said a ridiculous racist joke. I was going to say, but with less, and then I was going to insert something really racist. Um, uh, I didn't know, even know where I was going some, with some, it. Someday, Mitch will not be able to edit around your any inappropriate comments. Just, <laughs> <laughs> your reputation reputation will be ruined. Ugh. I know. it. It's so high up already. Oh, yeah, my rep- yeah. But yeah, dude, there's like three people that listen to this podcast. I'll offend all three of them in one. Those, in one, you know, those three really like it though. And it's one like of them's a passionate Nick. three. <laughs> and one of them's Nick. So <laughs> it's true. I actually really like listening to the cats. <laughs> well, you're never on it, so I know it's a surprise, dude. A way to have a two podcast streak. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess so. That's like big for you. And you finished a video game. I did. <laughs> I did. I finished Zelda. Do we do we want to talk about that or do we want to talk about other things? Talk about Go Zelda. Um. So I finished Zelda. Boring. Okay. okay next topic. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Um. But uh, hold on. Sorry, I'm having an old fashioned. So yeah. So uh, I finished Zelda today, a couple hours ago, and you know, it was really good. It was just a really fun just. Beginning to end, I never felt like it overstayed its wel- welcome. I could have done more, but was like, you know, I feel like I've 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 done enough to finish it. And then if I want to go back, did you do some extra stuff? I did do some extra stuff. I got these these little like uh, my mys or whatever they're called, like these little octopus guys that you that you can find. There's a hundred of them, 
And for every 10 you turn in, uh, the big mama octopus upgrades your weapon hmm. or one or one of your items. Oh, okay. So like you every they're called like, my mys. They're I think they're my mys or something like that. Do they ever look at you and ask you my so serious? Uh... And that's the podcast, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you yeah, just finished so... it two hours ago. Well, a few hours. Ago. I don't know. I don't think it was two. I think it was. It was sometime this afternoon, though. But um, so you're still in like the throes of post. Yeah. Post Zelda. How much, how much time did you put into it total? Do you know? I actually don't know. Can you find that out? I don't think you can. Um, and on a 3ds. It's. I mean, I played. I had some good. Out like multiple hour long sessions with it though. So, I mean, it was. It was. I don't know, so, 10, 12 yeah, hours? 10, 12 hours. So, so considering Zelda is basically why you bought the 3DS, what are you going to play on it next? Uh, I really want to play Fire Emblem. Um, Fire Emblem, I, uh, I'm dying to get to it, but I'm try- I want to finish my short... My backlog's so huge, I want to finish all these short games before I like throw on like a 40 to 50 hour game, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally, totally, I get you. Um, and then also, I don't know, there's some other ones. Uh, isn't there like 3D... 3D Mario or oh, Super Mario 3D Super World. Super Mario 3D World. I hear yeah. just good. Very good. Uh, Mitch wrote a review that I have not read. Sorry, Mitch. <laughs> He's weeping again. I told you I would, and then I didn't. <laughs> Wait, is that the Wii one or the 3DS one? 3D- no, the 3DS one. He wrote oh, okay, it. Okay, okay, okay. See, none of us know. None of us have read it. We don't read the site. Mitch. He probably well, gave it an A, so. But, um. Let me go look. What did Mitch give it? Mitch is probably, Mitch is probably still. I think, I think every 3DS game has gotten an A, by the way. So hmm. I think it's easier to get an A, though, to be fair, because the games are simpler and tighter. Yeah. So, like, they That's just true. inherently get higher grades. I mean, it's That's not just true. our side. I think it's, like, actually industry wide. Like, in general, they just. In general, handheld games will get higher scores because. Well, they, okay, they'll get higher or way lower. There's really no middle ground. There's he not gave a lot it a B. Like, Oh, a B. Oh, well, that's no, still fantastic. Uh, Super Mario 3D World is a Wii U game, though. Oh, God, poor Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't like, that what I just the... said earlier? Yes. Yeah, and you, you were correct. Yeah. Yeah, you were right. So, well, sorry, Mitch. I'm sure it's a good review. <laughs> I'm less interested in reading it now that I know it's a the Wii U game. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> okay, but yeah, so Zelda was good. Um, <laughs> I haven't read Anthony's Beyond Beyond review either. He gave it a D. I know that. Oh, did he? Yeah. I thought he liked it more than it's, that. It's interesting. So I actually, yeah, I did. I did read it, uh, or like his verdict. Um, it, he's positive about it, but you know, rightfully gives it a D. Right. I was gonna say a D, like like. I feel like sometimes we forget our scale. Well, yeah, D the, the D is that. like if you're a fan of this genre, mm. you will enjoy this game. But, but nobody that's else probably, will. but nobody else will, you know. Right. right. Um that, that that's that makes sense. I just I just felt like he was pretty positive on it, so the D surprises me. Well, but, so, so here's but, a, but, but but like you said, if you read the review and it's rightly if it's deserving deserving of that D. That D. Mm, there it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm in troll mode tonight. I don't know. I don't know what's don't going think, on. Have you even been drinking? Or this no? isn't even my final form. <laughs> <laughs> when are you not in troll mode, Eddie? I mean, come on. I haven't Sometimes been in it's troll not mode. as bad, though. Yeah, I haven't been in troll mode the last few podcasts. 
I've been tired. I've been pretty tired generally. That'll do it to you. Yeah, that takes the troll ride out. It, it takes it takes a lot of energy to be this awful <laughs> of a human. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's it's funny. Like three out of five of us are on Pacific time now, so it's like you know me, Nick, and Mitch are all like, oh yeah, it's only eight o'clock. Uh, I feel bad for Anthony. Anthony, Anthony's yeah, Anthony always just like you motherfuckers. The deal. <laughs> it's like yeah, <laughs> and poor well, guy. Because- he's always he's always like, can we start? Can we start? Yeah, really? I hey, know. We're start. We're gonna start. <laughs> and for me and me and Jeff, we're like, ah, oh, we'll start and then we'll finish and then I'll eat dinner and then I'll have like a night. Like <laughs> he's like in bed on his laptop, like crawled under the covers. I think the trick is that I took a nap. I took a nap tonight. I mm. slept for like forty-five minutes. So you're saying you're more because you're more well rested. You're more able to troll us right now. Yes. That's, yes. That's, he has more energy. That's the Huh, Maybe okay. I should start powering up with like some energy beans or something, like before a race, you know, before the podcast pounds something, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like a Red Bull. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're, then you're like, or don't be a dick, Eddie. That's, <laughs> that's this is also an option. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we're talking about trolling. That's yeah. good. Well, mm-hmm. I'm glad Zelda was good. I'm really tempted to play it. Um Right now, I mean, it's, the thing it's, that's keep going. No, sorry, I, I just I just had like one more thought, and then and yeah, then go for it. That's I fine. feel like it's one of the best. Uh, Asshole. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's one of the best. I mean, it, it's a sequel and like whatever, but it's like a sequel of like was six generations later, so it's not really like a true true sequel. It's more of a reimagining and a sequel. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it 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 perfectly encapsulated uh, the charm and the like what I loved about the original Link to the Past, but also like really did some fun, new, inventive stuff with with a franchise that ar- arguably has become one of the stalest. I mean, not like Sonic stale, but like has become one of the stalest franchises out there in some people's eyes. I know, like, Skyward Sword, some people were like, okay, I get it. It's the same fucking game the tenth time over. I feel like they paid homage to it or homage to it and did some fun new stuff with it. Like, it was it was the perfect kind of reboot. Uh, yeah, they just did a fantastic job. Awesome. A++ would play again. I'm still never going to buy a 3DS, but, you know, I believe you. Well, see, right now, because I have these 3DS games I want to play, I've got these other... Like PC games, I want to I want to play, and Don't Starve is just like unexpectedly has taken like half of my gaming time. Really? Um, it's yeah, like you, I it's just you that much. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it to. You know, what I mean, like it was just a free game on PSN Plus or whatever. Um, which, by the way, like PSN Plus and or, or um, Don't Starve and Resogun, I feel like have already made my PSN Plus subscription worth it because I only paid thirty dollars for it for that Black Friday deal, right. and so the those two games I feel like have already made it pay for itself. Um, but Don't Starve is like the perfect game to play on the PS Vita with through a remote remote play, and like the other night Jim was watching the Golden Globes and I was just playing my Vita like remotely, or playing my PS4 remotely on my Vita like playing Don't Starve like while she watched. Um, I've been kind of playing it in the mornings. It's the perfect game to just boot up for like 20 minutes and play real quick on a small screen and then turn it back off because um, I don't know how much you know about the game, but it's like a new day starts. You've got a certain amount of time. You have to eat. You lose sanity. You lose health. Um, And so 
like sleeping kind of gives some of your sanity back, but you get really hungry. Um, and so there's all these things to balance and you're like picking fruit and hunting animals. Like you literally like make traps and you have to bait them and then go catch the animals and build your weapons. And the art style is like very Tim Burton-esque. Um, so the whole thing is very cool and very addictive and every day lasts probably about 15 minutes. Hmm. Uh, and can you like, like save or stop? Yeah, and- you say you can save and I usually try to save and stop at the beginning of a new day because then I kind of know. Because overnight like you're, you have to get around a fire or you're going to die. Mm-hmm. Um, so you do a fire and stuff and, um, kind of, I, I kind of craft all night. And then when the day starts, I kind of have a routine where I have to go out and check all my traps. Um, but it's the perfect game for remote play and I've, I've just really been digging it and it totally unex- like unexpectedly just caught, um, my attention. I like to hear that you can save because I know it's like, in some ways it's a roguelike, like, um, you know, that it's like procedurally generated and, uh, really dangerous and there's permadeath, but I, I feel like just being able to save, you know, I mean, I, I think they, they probably have to do that because the, the gameplay is longer, you know? Yeah. But, I wish there was like a continuous mode where you can just elect to, to just respawn whenever you want it. Cause that's what sucks. Like you die permadeath, that's it. Mm. And some, and like every world's randomly generated. So it's hard to kind of get back into it. Yeah, it's just interesting because I can't, uh, even though the game is also on Steam, I can't imagine playing it in front of a computer. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just one of those games that it's, it's consumable and those like, I mean, I think I can see how someone could sit in front of it and play it for two hours, but it's mm-hmm. just consumable in those little chunks that represent each day. Um, I just, I can't imagine playing it in front of a keyboard. Yeah. Well, I do think it supports controllers. So, you know, I, it yeah. would work with my setup where I've got the gaming mm-hmm. PC hooked up to my TV. Um I, I am all for games that you that can be consumed in 15 and 20 minute chunks, though. That's actually yeah. one of the nice things about DMC, uh, which I started playing a little bit again recently. All the chapters take about 15 minutes to complete. I so, love that. Yes. So you'll get you'll get like a, a, a little interlude with like a little bit of story and then you'll get the level and it total will take 15 to 20 minutes. And that's just perfect. I mean, so theoretically, like if I wanted to do that with with DMC, I could sit down and like I wish more AAA games were like that, where you didn't have to devote an hour or two hours to every session. You know, like, to me that's the big that's the biggest barrier for me playing um, games. Sometimes mm-hmm. is knowing that like uh, when I sit down, I need an hour and a half. Well, you know, um, because you write- I don't have it's some it's it's not so much like it's not like me trying to sound busy, but right. like I don't I don't know if something might interrupt me. You right. know what I mean? Like. You know, the, the it might be the dog, or it might be the baby, or I might need to go help Jim with something in the kitchen. You know what I mean? Like there could be anything um, that pops up in an hour and a half long session, and so it basically means like really only once or twice a week I'm willing to do that. I'd rather just consume short games. Well, you know, back when you guys were giving me so much shit about Mass Effect Two, that is actually literally the reason why I wasn't playing yeah. it. Yeah. Because I just I did not want to sit down and play games for longer than like 15 or 20 minutes. Fortunately for Mass Effect 2, it, it actually is consumable in smaller bits, but you probably didn't know, you don't know that before playing it, you know, because like each mission was divided up pretty well, I thought, in, in a really consumable like half hour chunk as opposed to the first Mass Effect where you just wandered around right, right. places I, I mean, long I, stretches. I, I, yeah, I think, well, I don't remember what it was. I know I had played part of it, but it's just like, for whatever reason, I felt like every time I would sit down, I, I would want to finish an entire mission, you know, to feel like that's the thing. I, I like being able to sit down and 
complete something. Feel like you made some kind of progress. Right, right. And actually, like, not making progress is... I actually finally, after about 14 hours of playing uh, Spelunky, uh, which playing it for 14 hours means that I died like a thousand times. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) I finally burnt myself out on it because I feel like I'm not making any progress. Like... You know, I, I for a little while I was sort of getting better at avoiding death, and I could make it to like three three, which the game has four worlds with four levels. So making it all the way to three three is like you know seventy five percent done with the game, mm-hmm. um, and I would still die. I don't know. The last couple times I picked it up and played it, I was just kind of punchy and like you know reckless <laughs> and i could tell yeah. myself sort of like okay i'm, I'm kind of done with this hmm. um i don't know if i'll ever manage to complete it because it's i mean i feel like you have to dedicate yourself to getting the rhythms down and being able to like it's basically a game that only that only can be beaten with a speed run almost you know what i yeah. mean like you have to have the kind of mental focus that people have when they're beating an entire game in one sitting so 12-year-old Eddie would have loved the shit out of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you just reminded me of when uh, I was a kid, I would sit down on Sunday mornings and beat all of Super Mario 3 in like a three-hour sitting. Yeah, I would Sonic do that. 2, Sonic yeah, 3, I would Sonic do that 1. With the Sonic games, but I would do it with um, Contra and Super Contra. Super Contra, I would do it without the code. Mm. And like that was my thing. Like I could sit there and I could do it without the code. And then um, I would do it like uh, before we had to go somewhere. They'd be like, oh, "We gotta go somewhere for lunch." I'd be like, it, dog. Sonic, real quick." And we're back. That was a lot of vomit. Anyway, I'm gonna <laughs> use that to transition to the Wii U. <laughs> oh, God, oh. oh, we're gonna get hate mail for that. <laughs> I know our friend Patrick is all you know, uh, Shinny. You know, he's always like, "Why do you guys crap on Nintendo so much?" Um, but really no, likes, there was he really likes his Wii U. I think. Yeah, we should have him on to defend. Um, but no, there was an article that came out because we weren't really going to talk about much games, mini games that we're playing this time. There's a, a lot of actual um, gaming news coming out. But one of the interesting things that I saw this week was Eurogamer has this uh, series called um, The Secret Developers. And basically it's uh, people writing in to them anonymously, uh, video game developers writing into them anonymously um, and very candidly about different issues or certain things that they've kind of experienced in their careers. And so someone from a third, uh, a popular, quote-unquote popular or major third-party uh, developer uh, wrote in to them about the development of the Wii U hardware and uh, the mm. console. Um, it's, a, it's a fascinating article just because it looks at, like, the guy who was in the room when Nintendo pitched the Wii U to them, like, and and talked about, like, what the console was going to be like and all this other stuff um the the most interesting part of the article and we'll talk about other parts of it but the most interesting part of the article is this one bit where he's talking about how like they were waiting on all the network code from nintendo um and they wanted to know kind of what was going on and so here's the quote it says there were apparently issues with setting up a large networking infrastructure to rival sony and microsoft that they hadn't envisaged 
This was surprising to hear, as we would have thought that they had plenty of time to work on these features as it had been announced months before, so we probed a little deeper and asked how certain scenarios might work with me, friends, and networking, all the time referencing how Xbox Live and PSN achieved the same things. At some point in this conversation, we were informed that it was no good referencing Live and PSN as nobody on their development teams used those systems. So could we please provide more detailed explanations for them? Which is, I mean, that explains everything. It yes. really does. Because <laughs> it's like, how can you do this when this other thing exists and you've seen it? And the answer is because you haven't seen it. I mean, I can kind of understand them not being part of Xbox Live just because I'm assuming we're talking about... That makes about, sense. That's yeah. an American company. Right. It's yes. different. But, right. for P- but at least PSN. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, you have to wonder, like, what's the demographic of these people? What Like, are they so blinded that they they only play nintendo products like do they never get out and see i like i, I i'm trying to understand like how this works well, you, do you remember world. the thing about like steve Ballmer's kids weren't allowed to was it yeah. Ballmer or was it, it was, was it Ballmer? it was either Ballmer or gates weren't or allowed gates, to use weren't allowed to have ipods yeah it's like you gotta use a zoom. it's like you're gonna have a zoom and you're gonna like it is it like you're, that like it's this a, is a like, zoom house kid can no one can no one play Final Fantasy, who works at Nintendo? Like, I doubt that. Like, really? Like, I don't know. Well, I mean, it seems like you'd at least have, like, a team of people that, like, their job was to, like, know these other systems in and out or right, something. You're, 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 you know? You're sleeper agents or... They're just, like, they're so, like, insulated. It's just yeah. crazy. Uh, but that, but there's a lot of more interesting stuff. I don't want to sit there and, like, bang on the online stuff because we've talked about that tons. It, it's, it's surprising but not surprising. You know what I mean? Like... Right. Mm-hmm. It's surprising but not shocking, I guess. Um, But one of the interesting things about the article is that it seems like Nintendo's biggest focus, they were not concerned at all about matching the like other hardware kind of like pixel for pixel which i could see that argument but the thing they seemed most concerned about in the early stages of development was its footprint and power consumption that those were the two most important things to them even when they started asking for feedback and everyone kept saying well this isn't a very powerful system right um the things that they they kept talk kept circling back to was that they were they wanted a slower that they wanted a lower clocked CPU because they wanted a small footprint and they didn't want it to have loud fans and like that was the thing that was the most important thing to them Definitely. which is which is what Apple likes yeah. too but Apple's already figured their shit out that like was, that yeah. was actually exactly what I was going to go to Nick I was like I know that that's something that comes up in Apple design where it's like you know people think that Apple needs to make a bigger iPhone or some other more powerful thing and what ends up happening is that they don't make the sacrifices you'd have like they don't make the sacrifices you you'd have to make to have a giant battery that changed the form factor you know like yeah there there's priorities that apple has that they're not willing to sacrifice for uh numbers right yeah like yeah exactly like they like like the iPad or the uh, the you know the MacBook Air, it's like they want it to be thin. They want like no fans. They want a small footprint, like like the like Eddie was saying. But at the same time, like they are really smart about it and realize that it still needs to be a powerful machine that can do work. You know what I mean? And it's like right. I feel like Nintendo missed that whole part of it. The whole like it actually needs to do its job part of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and so he ends it with like, a, or he or she ends it with a few notes. Um, 
let's see, previous development experience using the toolchain hardware put off development teams from making another title on Wii U because of like the sales were so poor that while the, while their company like like outwardly kind of praised the Wii U, it's it's kind of like we probably won't be making another Wii U title. Um, and that wow. the support was lacking for third-party studios. There was a feeling internally that if you weren't a first-party development studio, you were largely ignored by Nintendo um, because you're superficial to their profits because they make all their money from first-party product, you know. Right. Um, and then... Um, Even though if you had a really killer third-party app, people would still buy your system. I, exactly. I like, like, I, Nintendo is it's like this chicken-egg thing, right? You know, right. Like they're it's been afraid. Nintendo's problem for like yeah. 20 years, man. Yeah. They're like a, they're, they they want to invest everything in first-party because it that's what... That, that's what... The, the, for third party for them is just a way to add kind of like breadth to their right. their catalog as opposed to you know being what you need to survive you know and they only rely on their first party stuff I mean if you think about it like if you look at the story of their last couple generations the reason the Wii made such a difference is because of the innovative hardware and the the types of games that they got out and like they they captured a market that they had never captured before with their first party products by getting so many casual gamers families you know non gamers stuff like that to pick it up but like that's the kind of thing that only works once because the kinds of like the kind of people that bought the Wii for those reasons are not the kind of people who who are going to continue upgrading and buying the new system. It's like, yeah, it's like the Wii, if you look at it like that, it almost becomes just like the random outlier to their continuing, like the actual path of the company is is a through line yeah. of, you know, no third party support, just, you know, circling down the drain. Like it's mm -hmm. it, it's great that the, the their portable is doing so well. And I don't think we'll ever get to the point where Nintendo becomes, you know, gives up on hardware and becomes a, a software company like Sega. But, I don't think they could actually. I think they have to kind of make hardware. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I like I have to wonder if there'll come a day when they're only a mobile company, or you know, like do you think yeah. that that would ever happen? I don't, only handheld. No, I don't. I don't. Well, yeah. Well, I don't know. But they're gonna always make systems. Like they're. I don't think they're ever gonna. You don't think they you're never gonna see out. Mario on an iPad? I just don't think. That's oh no no, no no no. That that I, I mean like them focusing entirely on handheld. Like so, I mean, they might, but I don't know. I I feel like they don't want to give up the living room. Like, yeah. mm, I don't know. I but just, yeah, you you even go back to like like Super Nintendo days, and you look at like like or Nintendo and Super Nintendo days, and it's like Secret of Mana and Final Fantasy and Chrono Trigger and Earthworm Jim and Mortal Kombat and Mega Man. You know what right. I mean? You look at these like. Yes, you had your Metroids and you had your Donkey Kongs and you had your first party, but you but had the your third people parties really too. Remember what your third party? Yeah, you had your third parties too, man. Like, like the, a lot of the reason that people think the Super Nintendo is the greatest system of all time is because of Final Fantasy three and because of Chrono Trigger. Right. Those were third party games. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was by the same party, but still. Or well, no, at that time I guess it was different, but still, like, yeah, I don't know. It's it, it it it's it's bad. It's bad. It's bad that you get like you get too caught up in your own box and you you don't you don't go outside. I don't. I, know. Don't, I don't know if they're ever going to you know correct out of this this death spiral though. Like that's yeah. the thing. Well, it's funny they need they need kind of what Sony had 
for this last generation because I don't know if you guys read the uh, how do you pronounce the name Kearney, um, the know. guy that the, uh, is it Mark Kearney, the guy behind the that was behind the, a lot of PlayStation 4's development. There's this really cool article about him on Wired that basically was like when the PS3 came out, Sony did like they had like a a come to Jesus moment kind of thing, and they had like a gut check where they were like our next system cannot be like this. Mm -hmm. And they went to someone outside of Japan to design the system for them. Uh, not like the look of it, but like, right. you know, like internally and what the system is capable of. And right. kind of I mean, when they came out and they were like, oh, it's x86 architecture, it's just like, it's like Sony didn't come up with that. Like they yeah, went exactly. outside for that. And, and they had kind of a gut check and an about face, you know, a lot of ways. And it makes you want. I, I just can't. I can't see Nintendo doing it. But I, yeah, I never I've would have. I never would have seen. Nintendo's too proud. Yeah. Well, I never would have seen Sony doing it either, though. And then they did it. Um, so. But Nintendo has historically always been associated yeah. with being too proud for the market, you know. Yeah. And Nintendo always thinks they're going to get the thing. Like, that's the thing. Is like because if, they've had it. They've had that thing that saved them. Right. They had the comments. Wii. Like, if the Wii doesn't happen, what does yeah. Nintendo look like today? Like, if the Wii wasn't the, like, explosion success that it was, what do they look like today? Yeah. I don't know if they, I don't know. I There may be, like, ruins. Like, I don't know. Like, are they a company? Like, I, ugh. it's rough. Like, I'm, I'm happy that the Wii, like, helped them because it's, like, the 64 was great at the beginning and kind of went nah. and then the GameCube was more uh, even though it had some fucking fantastic games beautiful joe uh mm-hmm. eternal or wind eternal, waker yeah wind waker eternal darkness is that what it was or uh, mm-hmm. oh yeah like, yeah i remember it, that the Wii, i mean resident evil 4 was originally on the Wii. like we i mean not the Wii, the game yeah, like, it had some the gamecube was actually like secretly a pretty good system mm-hmm but was a huge failure. And so, like, they were kind of trending way down until the Wii came out. And it's like, I, th- I feel like in their heads, they're just like, you know what? Another we've Wii got is going to We've along. got another one in us. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, but what if like they they're, the, they're, the, they're the fighter that thinks they've got that one, you know, that, that they've last got that- fight. They've got yep. that last fight. Because I don't want to know a world without Nintendo. I need, I need, I just played a Zelda. I just gushed about a Zelda game. <laughs> like, I need that. Right, it's weird because they do. I feel like they do everything right on their handheld. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I don't know how it can be so separate from they're what dominant. they're doing. Their like ultraly dominant. I mean, like, you just, so the 3DS did kind of stumble at the start. I mean, it's corrected. Yes, yes, but. yes. it's corrected though. It, but that's the thing: the portable's always correct. Like mm-hmm. the, I feel like the Vita is the first. As good as the PSP was, like the Vita might be the first real competitor to any Nintendo handheld ever. Well, like, see, I don't. It's not the Vita's not selling well, like at all. It really doesn't have much of a games library. The, 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 tell what, me about it. Like the 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 not that the Vita's good, but the being able to bounce from a PS4. Yes, it sounds like a that's a system seller. That sounds like a yeah, killer it, it's app a system me, yeah. seller and it, it's a killer app, but it, and it's an under uh, marketed one, which is crazy to me. Like I just really feel like it, it's, they should be touting that they should have oh, yeah. just about that. Yeah, yeah. It's because it, uh, I mean, really, like you could spend another. I mean, they need a lower price Vita. They need a Vita model. They need to do what Nintendo did and have like a 2DS. They need a Vita that is like su- like a super stripped down, like a hundred and twenty dollar version, and then you you know what I mean, and then you pump it with the PS4 because it's such a cool. 
Like like the thought that like right now, I mean, $150 that I paid for it is is a pretty big kind of like barrier. But I, like I'm playing Don't Starve a lot on it now, and I'm like I'm basically going to be playing on this thing for as long as I have my PS4, which is probably going to be like five or six years. Right. Um. You know, hopefully longer. Like depending on how long this cycle is. But yeah, it depends on this generation. Like. But you know what I mean? Like it's like I'm basically just going to be playing this thing, and it's now it's it's my PS4. Like it's part of my PS4 to me. Right. Right. You know. Um. It, it essentially does Which, what, what you would think the Wii U was supposed to do. Yeah. Right, but I, I was going to say, but Mitch like... says that feature of the Wii U is very cool, the remote play. Yeah. Yeah, so. you because you can do it while people are doing other stuff, right? Like the Vita? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's super cool. So wait, what is the list price on a Vita? It was, you said it was 150 it's like, or No, it's like 200 200 It's too expensive. Yeah, Way exactly. I was going to say, so for that feature that we just touted and said was super cool, like basically to be a mirror, $200 is way too much. Yeah, um, it needs like, to be like one like to one hundred and twenty. <laughs> I feel like they almost need like they need a system that maybe can't even play its own games. Yeah. Maybe is just a mirror for the PS4, and it's ninety nine dollars. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Well, I mean, yeah, they have they have the Vita TV coming out in Japan, and I think it's that sort of you know. But yeah, they need something like that that you can hold in your hands. Yeah, that'd be amazing. Yeah, like that would be that would be, yeah, you ninety nine dollars. Like I would boom, definitely, yeah, uh, I could definitely be interested in that. Yeah, <laughs> everyone would be. Yeah. Like I feel like I feel like once you get into those double digits, like psychologically ninety nine yeah. ninety nine, even though it's one cent less than a hundred dollars, psychologically you're like, no, nah, that's cool. No, uh, it's, yeah. it's yeah, that's fine. I could do no. that. I could pull that no, off. I totally agree. <laughs> So, well, since we're kind of talking about like kind of um, this is a little bit of a stretch, but we're talking about kind of hardware and controllers and and things like that. Um, I wanted to jump over to um, there's the news today that Valve is replacing the one of the touch pads with buttons on their controller. Yeah, yeah. Does that. this mean the the dream of having a controller that can emulate a keyboard and mouse is dead? That's what I wanted to ask. I thought that, oh, I was actually really surprised by this. It seemed like a really huge step back from what they had stated the purpose of the controller was. Yeah, I mean, they want this thing to be compatible with, like, Dota 2. You know what I mean? Like, they want you to be able to play, like, RTS games and stuff on it. Um, and it, you're not going to be able to. Is it impo- Like, do you think, it, is it impossible to have, I mean, you'll never have the precision of keyboard and mouse, yeah. right? But to at least, like, I was interested, like... The controller looks goofy as hell to me, but I really wanted to get my hands on one because I was like, I'm willing to try anything that that can sort of simulate this. Well, you I know? think the problem with the touchpad, like what they were saying about the touchpad, was that it wasn't working because to do, I guess what they thought they wanted to do with it, you had to stare at the controller to see what. You yeah, were that doing. people were just looking down at the controller instead of watching games. Which, I mean. I right, because like, a mouse is intuitive, right? Mm-hmm. A mouse is something you've done for your entire life, and right. you yeah. feel like you get it, and so you can just be like, boom, click, boom, click, boom, click. I like, mean, I do, yeah, I, I, if I, if all I'm doing is mousing and clicking, I, I don't have to look at the touchpad. But if I'm trying to also use it as buttons, that's I think where the problem comes right. in. You know, right? Like, you'd eventually get used to it, but. I actually so I have a, an app on my iPhone that's just a remote mouse where I can control the uh, the computer you know from my uh, couch and I just use it whenever I because I, I use the PC now to watch HBO Go because I stopped paying for live um, 
and I don't yeah, yeah I don't have to look at the touchpad on my iPhone while I'm using it you know it's it's very intuitive so I'm sure there's a way yeah it's more that. like a Wacom tablet yeah like I have right there's a way to do it it's just like, no but there there's a way to do it on a nine inch screen yes yeah do you know what I mean like is there a way to do it on a three inch screen mm. without it being like twitchy as fuck like right. I don't think yeah. so um and, and being able like so you have like a, a thing and, and you're you're able to like move around a screen but then like are you going to be able to also press buttons at the same time to be like a wasad type thing or like a like a you know arrows type thing i don't i don't know if you can recreate that outside of like outside of like like minority report type you like interfaces where you like can literally like move yeah. your hand and move like right. yeah that's what i was just thinking point. about i was like well what's the solution like just being able to control it with yeah, the, no, you know not, what i mean like so we get to that i don't think there's yeah. a way to do it i don't i honestly don't think there is i don't know maybe i'm wrong hopefully i'm wrong but i, I mean don't. If, if, i mean like valve it sounds like they tested everything they tested like trackballs on this thing like um i feel like if they can't figure it out and i'm no, sure everyone's been trying like no one it's it might just not be possible, <laughs> right? Which is weird. It's weird that it's not possible. Like, surely there's some solution out there that, yeah, you know. I mean, it, it's because a mouse is such like a simple input system. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that's what's crazy to me. Like, it's such a simple input. So, but sometimes you just nail it. Like, sometimes yeah. it's just like, nope, that's it. We got it. Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm personally, you know, I, I guess I, I'm more used to playing games with a controller, so. Oh, I'd rather play them on a controller, but yeah, I, I want to yeah. be able to sit on my couch and have that precision if I need it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'd love to play Counter-Strike on my couch without having to lug a keyboard and mouse right. in there. Well, whenever know? we've had, whenever we've played Civ Five, I, like, roll my desk chair out and set up a keyboard and mouse in front of the TV. So, you know. Yeah, and I hate that kind of stuff. It's doable, but it's... It's doable, but it's, it's not preferable. Uh, Jeff, did you... Oh, wait, you didn't play Borderlands on PC. Never mind. I have well, the PC version. Uh, I, mean, well, I was just saying, between... when I played Borderlands with Eddie, I, I, I did keyboard and mouse still. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, it's the difference between, like, uh, I've been watching a lot of stuff on Chromecast lately, um, and then my brother borrowed Chromecast from me because he wanted to try it out. Um, and then, so we had to watch, we watched a couple of things, and I had to, like, get out my laptop and, like, get unplug my HDMI from, like, my TiVo and plug it into my laptop and do all that stuff. And I was like, oh, my God, like, the different, like, this isn't that big of a deal. It's doable. But after having it the other way. Exactly. Right, but the, ha the hassle. Like, it, you don't yeah. need that hassle. Like, that, I get it. It's first world problems. But, like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if it's not, but if you don't have to deal with it, then right. I don't want to deal with it. Like. If there are if there are options available to make this easier, this is a, it's a stupid problem to have. Like I get it. It's like, oh yeah, what do you mean you can't fucking hook up a thing? It's like yeah, I could, <laughs> but it's like I've got other shit I want to worry about. Like this doesn't need to be something. What if it doesn't work right? And like, I well, so the other thing is, I kind of feel like the 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 other problem with trying to change PC controls is that the audience you're trying to cater to is like the most skeptical. Yeah, oh my God. they want, they, they do not want to Boss replace that and keyboard and mouse. Life. Yeah, and I'm just like, uh, like, you know, you'll and be... If anyone's going to convince them, it's going to be Valve. If anyone is. Yeah. 
But you read comments from these guys that are like, ugh, you know, you have to pay, play with a gamepad. That just makes me sick. And I'm like, seriously? It's a fucking controller input. Who cares? Yeah, who cares how you're playing? <laughs> like, I understand that there are games that are better with a keyboard and mouse, but, like, actively turning your nose up at never playing a game with a controller is just weird to me. There are still some. There are still some. You cannot play StarCraft with a controller. Yeah, you can't like play that. an just, RTS game. You oh, yeah. Can't, uh, it just does I, not I, exist. I do, I, and I'm not denying that at all. That totally makes sense to me. Like, I... I have it's people all that hotkeys and shortcuts. I have so. people that scoff at me when I talk about playing because I do play shooters on with a controller on my PC unless it's something like Counter. Like you know what I mean? Like if it's something Precision. like but if you're yeah, not playing against other other human yeah, beings, yeah, exactly. Like and, and even certain things, I'm willing to do. Like I imagine Titanfall is not a precise game. You know what I mean? Like it looks like it's not based on precision. But yeah, like a game like Counter Strike where you need that like pixel perfect aim. You know, I, I can't imagine trying to play it on a controller against mm-hmm. other people on a keyboard and mouse. You just get demolished. Right. Right. Well, yeah, I, and I'm not denying that at all. I'm just saying it's why why not be able to to use both options, you know? Yeah. Like be comfortable with both worlds. I I, I saying saying that admitting that I tend to want to play console ga- or controller games because I don't want to get off my damn couch. Yeah. I and I get that and I get and I get also that I feel like there's a different culture there. I yeah. feel like Eddie and I grew up on the keyboard and mouse. And you, I, th- I feel like, Jeff, you were kind of more a console guy oh, yeah. in your youth. Yeah. Uh, Anthony was too. But it's like for us, for us guys that like that, that was the thing. Like I remember like I played – Civ One and Duke Nukem and Wolf Wolfenstein 3D on my keyboard and mouse. It's like it, that's just ingrained in me. Like Wasad and a mouse. I mean, it used to be arrow keys before it was Wasad, but Wasad and a mouse is 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 how I I I still I like I like playing Halo and I like playing Call of Duty on the console and all that stuff. And I, I can use I can use the controller, but it's if I have the option and if I'm not in front of my TV, right. it's, it's was out of mouse for me well, every day of the week. So, so you actually did just make me think of something. Uh, I did play computer games when I was a kid, but I had an Apple IIGS, and this was when Apple games were like a wasteland of, you know, nothing. <laughs> so I played like King's Quest. And- when your game options were Breakout, Super Breakout. Photoshop. Photoshop. Oh wow! You just referenced the very first Rooster Teeth video. Yeah. <laughs> I did. I feel like people don't know what that people don't know that the 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 fake Apple Switch ad yeah. that that was Rooster Teeth. I feel like people don't know that like that's before. Fuck, people on our side probably weren't born yet, but like. <laughs> Like, they made I feel that, like, like they that was like the very first thing they yep. did, and it like yep. went viral. I don't know if I've ever yep. seen this. before viral was a thing. Was a thing. Yep. I mean, the Photoshop joke sounds familiar, but I don't know if I've ever seen this video. It was it was a thing, and it was like it's actually kind of funny now thinking back on it because it's like I remember watching that in high school, in high school, and then it was like it was these. It in it, it ended up being these guys that we eventually met and right. worked with, but like I don't know. But I mean, seriously, like I would say, even though there were more Mac games after a certain period of time, the Macs were not a viable gaming platform until after the switch to Intel, and then after that, 
when Steam actually came to the platform. That's what Wait, what if you go early, early, early? What if you go like Marathon? I played Marathon, man. I, yeah, I, I was going to say, I, Marathon was Max Doom. Like, when PC yeah. guys had Doom, Mac guys had Marathon. Right. Did, okay. And you played it back then? Oh, I, I, I mean, I did. I, I mean, I'm earmarking this for a Bungie discussion here in a second yeah. since we just talked about Marathon, but let's continue okay. saying whatever you guys I was kind of very bad. Like, this was at a period of, of time where I was pretty bad at games and I never finished anything. So... Yeah, I had now look at you. You're playing Spelunky and that unnamed game that you and Anthony like to talk about. Oh, the one that you don't want me to mention? <laughs> <laughs> the one that will make Mitch hiss and, and growl. Um Wait, has Mitch played has Mitch played Dark Souls? Oh, oh god, you, you mentioned it. it. That's like that's like that's like the slash end of code. No, I get it. He had no he hasn't played it. Slash podcast, we're done. He, no, he has just, not. I'm curious about it. I feel like there's people. I feel like I don't know. I've never played it, so I don't know. Maybe I would fucking love it too. But I feel like there's people that can play it and people that can't play it. I think that's <laughs> totally valid. Like I think there's people who could play Spelunky and people who play it once and be like, "Fuck this shit," and never. I'd probably be in the latter one. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> totally valid. I don't know where the flip. I don't know where the switch flipped for me, where I went from being the guy who would have totally thrown a controller through a wall. <laughs> to, I mean, there's still some games that I remember the end of Assassin's Creed Brotherhood or Revelations. There's there's a final mission in one of those two games where you have to run across the entire Vatican City in like under a time limit and, and you're at maximum alertness. So every guard that sees you is going to chase you, but you can't finish the mission unless you're incognito. So you have to run across the entire fucking map Everybody's going to chase you. You have a time limit. And like before I started the mission, I had like run out of all the supplies I would have needed to be incognito. So I was just like screaming furious. And my brother, like this was when I lived with my brother. He looks at me. He's like, Jeff, you, maybe you should stop playing. <laughs> maybe you should just quit. It's like, no, I'm going to beat it. Ah! So I've been that guy before, too. And now you know. play Dark Souls. Oh, the, yeah. the most difficult game. Most difficult game ever. Uh, 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 yeah, I don't know, man. I, I like. I remember playing Marathon 2, because that's what we were originally talking about. And uh, I I would play it for like 20 minutes, just kind of tool around, but I never... I don't know. I mean, this was also around the time when like the, my only video gaming was... Uh, I would come over to Eddie's house and watch all you guys play video games and never never play. This is a thing we used to do. I would go mm -hmm. over to Eddie's house, and, and mm -hmm. it's like Nick and Eddie and mm -hmm. Carrie, Eddie's brother, would would play, and I would just sit there and watch for, like, hours. It was like Twitch TV before Twitch TV. It was like Twitch TV. At that moment, what if we would have been like, what if we did this on the internet? I guess the internet didn't have the infrastructure for it at that no. moment. but. Like, how smart is Twitch TV? Like, looking back on it, and it's like, how did not... How did everyone not think of this idea? Whatever. We were geniuses before our time. I know. <laughs> okay, so I wanted to earmark that bungee discussion real quick. Um, I don't... You guys... Uh, Jeff mentioned before the podcast he didn't really know who Joe Statton was. Um, but Joe Statton has left Bungie. I guess this happened back in September and I somehow missed it. But he's left Bungie, but now it's been announced that he's going to be – he's doing a new project at Microsoft Game Studios. Um, 
which seems like a pretty big coup for Microsoft because this guy is uh, he's pretty much like like Destiny is this guy's baby and like the Halo universe slash story is also his baby. And he's like one of Bungie's kind of like key talents. Like if you think of like who are the two or three guys at Bungie that like make it Bungie, it's him. Um, and so it's pretty wild that he's left Bungie now. Like that, like when I went there to interview, like he was the guy I wanted to meet and then didn't. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, like I really wanted to meet, like I wanted to meet him more than I wanted to meet anybody else there when I went. And so it's yeah, pretty it, crazy that he just left and now is doing a project at Microsoft Games. It makes, it has to make you wonder if like Bungie is kind of in a transitional state. I mean, it, obviously they are with like, you know, completely new game when they've been the Halo studio for so long, like a new IP. That's, that's a big deal. And it's not just it's not just like we're going to make a new game and it's going to be whatever like Destiny seems like it's a all chips on the table kind of yeah. game to me at least. Well but it, so it's funny to think about like so when Bungie started out they were like one of the only uh developers that made good games for the Mac like for Apple they, yeah. They yeah. were a they were a big deal developer on the Mac platform and when Halo was first like yeah, de- it was first for Mac. For Mac. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was like at one of the keynotes, like one of the early keynotes. I yeah, think Steve Jobs, I think, uh, presented it. Yeah, it he? was like one of his very first keynotes, like ninety-seven mm-hmm. or ninety-eight, something like that. Yeah, that's uh, right. And mm-hmm. so, so yeah, I mean, it was like, you know, I, I was, I guess, I had, I was a Mac gamer at that point when Bungie was bought by Microsoft. We were all just like, no, no. There won't be any games for us, and and so, but then. And you were right. That's the thing. Yeah, you right. actually were right. But, there was but, no fucking games for Mac after that. But I mean, you think about it. It's like there's that that Bungie is a Mac developer period from when they started until when Microsoft bought them, and then there's the Halo period where they did nothing but Halo. Yeah. And this is like their third their act. Back. Right. Yeah. And then now you see like Sony touting. A bunch of game on yeah. stage, mm-hmm. which you, you think like five years ago you would have been like the fuck, like that would never. Yeah. <laughs> and the game, like its art style, looks so much like Halo. It's weird to me when I see screenshots of it now because it looks like Halo Three and like Halo Reach and stuff. But anyway, I just thought it was really interesting that this guy left and uh, it, he's. So, do we know anything about it? Is he heading up a team or is he? No, it's, it's uh, they just they some press release said that he will help create the world's best entertainment on Xbox and help shape franchise strategy for some Microsoft Studios titles. Strategy. Like whenever, anytime that you've seen a Bungie live demo and there's a guy walking you through the game, it's this guy. So he's like like intimate knowledge with games. Yeah. And and apparently the the public face of the company in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways, yeah. Um, He's not their community manager, but yeah. But yeah, it's a pretty huge coup for Microsoft, I feel like. Wow. Uh, for him to have like Destiny, I don't know. Which I, is weird because Destiny, Destiny is like a ten-year plan. Like Destiny, like this guy has been the guy behind the story, and like I've read things where he's talked about like Destiny is like a ten-year franchise, and we've got all this lined up. Yeah. So it's crazy that he's leaving before the first game. And he even didn't it say that he left in September, so he, he yeah. left like months ago. Yeah, I don't know. That's really weird. I don't know. Yeah, it's really odd. I feel like so. I don't know what that means, but yeah. So, other news that happened this week. I was ho- trying to. I wanted to slide this in when we were talking about. 
I wanted to slide it in when we were talking about Nintendo and things not working, and then we were talking about PC games, but SimCity got its offline mode this oh, week. Oh, finally. <laughs> Apparently, um, the lead engineer says that making SimCity work offline took six months because they had to significant, they had to well, rewrite significant portions of code because yeah, they there said, was stuff referencing things in like a Java-based system, and then they right. had to rewrite the entire thing in C++. Like... Yeah, it, you almost kind of feel like they were throwing out as much technical detail as possible to be like, no, really, we, we really, really spent some time on it, guys. We weren't just... But why? But I, I feel like know. anyone who's going to, like, I feel like everyone's already jumped off the they, ship. They why just, are you repairing it? I think it? what happened is that they drank their own fucking Kool-Aid and they thought that nope. the always online mode was, like, going to be the best thing possible. It's so It's so bizarre that it seems like what they really missed is that the game doesn't work because... Because the cities are so small and the AI is just fucked, right? Like that yeah. that more than – like, okay, server issues, yeah, that was going to happen. That was always going to happen. Like no matter what, I feel like any big game that launches with a server requirement to work is going to be a fucking nightmare in the first yeah. couple days. Like – or the first like week, yeah. Weeks I mean, in this like one's case because it was so huge. It was such an anticipated f- game. Like, if there is ever a launch of a game that relies on servers that does not like fall to its knees from the start, I'll be flabbergasted. No, NBA Two K Fourteen was that, except that when Christmas hit, it's been brought to its knees because it's like a bunch of people got the game for Christmas and, and so PS4, yeah. your career stuff is saved, like the GM mode, right? And the my career stuff is saved on. In, uh, 2K's servers, so a lot of people can't access their games. I don't know if it's been fixed or not, but there was weeks there where people couldn't, um, and it's like, why is this a thing? Why would this ever be a thing? Yeah. So I mean, it, it's it's it sucks. It took them so long to make an offline mode, but I feel like, you know, there's so many ship has sailed. It seems like okay, you can play offline, but play with what you know, the fucked over game that they that's left no. after that. I mean, I guess. So the one, I guess, maybe bright side of the offline mode is that it means modders have more freedom and mm-hmm. it's theoretically possible. Have bigger cities. Yeah, you could you could buy SimCity now, mod it, and actually play the kind of game that it should have been from the start. But that just seems absurd to me. Like, yeah. Why not just play an older SimCity game? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get SimCity 4 yeah. and then just be done with it. Yeah, it's crazy because I, I mean, they, I feel like they've been doing a lot of damage control lately, um, which is rare for an EA game. Um, because a lot of times it's just like screwed, and they're like, oh, whatever. Um, but I got an email from SimCity like a few weeks back that was like saying, like, here are all the ways we've improved the game, and I'm like, that's desperate. You know what I mean? Like, like they must have some, they, they must have some trigger. You know what I mean? I was like, because I was trying to think about, I was looking at the, since I write marketing emails, right. You know, we do things based on triggers and and certain uh, qualifications. But I was reading the email, and what I read between the lines is this email was sent to anybody that hasn't played the game in six months or more. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's like what I picked up on it from just reading it and looking looking at it. And I was like, I wonder how big that list is. It's got to be huge. Got to be because everyone I know that bought the game, and I know it I might know be 10 most people. people that bought it. Yeah. yeah, and that's probably why they're doing all this damage control. Because they probably had this long-term DLC strategy that's not panning out because people have uninstalled the game and moved on. Yeah, I mean, you, so I'm sure when they made their budget for the year, they're like, okay, and then in this quarter we'll sell this DLC and people love it. Yep. I mean, 
I mean, that's that's why we have DLC. It's so that they can budget out, you know, expenditures and and money over the year. That's <laughs> you know, it's it's totally a business decision. I, I think it works out well sometimes, but mm-hmm. and, and I don't know. I think it's silly to be frustrated or cynical about it because. In the best cases, you're just getting you know constant improvements to a game. But man, when something like this tanks, like it, it it's almost like it, it it tanks and then continues tanking for the next year because your entire business plan was relying on that that initial success. Yeah. So, well, on the opposite in the spectrum, unless I was going to jump to another topic, unless you guys have more to say about that. No, that's okay. On the opposite end of the spectrum, you've got a game like Daisy. <laughs> which just passed 1 million sales in four weeks in alpha. And it still cracks me up how they were like, just don't buy it yet. It's, it's crazy alpha. Yeah. So what do you guys, like, what do you guys think of this? Cause I know there's differing opinions. Like I know Mitch, um, I think Anthony is down on it. I know, I know Mitch is down on it. The idea of, because what the, I mean, this is obviously going to encourage more game companies to do this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like just start selling games before they're finished um, is that a good practice that to sell a game before it's done? And could there be ways that this is taken av- advantage of by other companies? Well, um, so, so you actually made, uh, and we can talk about Broken Age more, I guess, later. Yeah. But yes, I, I think it, I think it absolutely deserves they, to be part of they this were discussion. Orig- they were originally going to sell Broken Age as early access, but if you look in the the announcement uh, letter on Kickstarter, they're like, you know, we decided that. Part one was polished enough and, and solid enough that we wanted to sell it as, like a you know it. Part one is complete, and what you're buying when you buy it is you're buying a season pass. Um, I almost would like. Not every game works as an episodic release, though. So like mm-hmm. Daisy wouldn't work as an episodic release. So, in certain situations like that, where they can deliver the first part of a game, like okay, so say you're going to deliver a, a game with a single player campaign, you know digital only i could totally see that working where you're delivering it in episodes as long as it doesn't turn into half-life free uh but you know like that's the thing i i i think that works a little bit better as long as you actually deliver on on what you've said you're going to deliver um, yeah it seems to me like I, I what i see the downside of it being like i think this happened with minecraft too I could see the downside of it being when you have that many people playing your game in alpha Mm -hmm. and as you're fixing things or changing things that people like, it seems to me like it would just slow everything down because then it's like, well, no, we liked this or we wanted this. And then suddenly you're working on things that weren't part of your plan that just delay the game moving out of that alpha stage. Was it like Starbound, I think? Isn't Starbound an early access game? Something like that. There's one game that I read about that, like, they would, you know, pretty regularly have to just reset the entire game because of a release. And this would involve, yeah. like, wiping all your character progression and everything. I'm like, how frustrating is that? <laughs> like, Especially in a game like DayZ where there's, like, the permadeath and, like, if you've worked really hard to, like, get all your supplies and stuff up. They said the game's not even going to be in beta till the end of 2014. Wow. And so... <laughs> which is nuts yeah and it was starbound i was thinking of it, it i i don't know i i think that there's nick some what th- do you think okay no sorry sorry keep going jeff i, I thought you were done uh, no i was just gonna say I, I i think it's good if it helps developers release games that 
like I, I I think there's some cases where it's better to do early access than a Kickstarter. Um, you know, it's it's maybe a little bit better PR for for like I could see how that might be more transparency, probably get more people buying into something, talking about it, that kind of thing. Um, but I don't know if I'll ever be the audience for early access games. You know, like I, yeah. I I'm glad there are people that that like it, but I think I almost would rather prefer the situation where. If I had a choice between early access and Kickstarter as being the only ways to get a game released, I would probably be more willing to back a Kickstarter than buy an early access game. And I've, well, gotten, like, I, I've gotten to the point where I'm not going to back any more Kickstarters. <laughs> well, like I bought Spy Party and Incognito, but I'm never going to play Incognito's early access just because it's like I'd rather just like the game looks so awesome. I'd rather just play it when it's done. Mm-hmm. But I want to go ahead and give them my money. So essentially you, know? you, you did a Kickstarter, but. Yeah, essentially kickstarted it. You know, I was like, "Oh, I absolutely want to play this. Maybe I'll try the early access once, just to like, you know, see it in action and be happy with my purchase." But mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm never going to be a regular player of this thing until it's done, because that's the way I will want to experience it. So you're playing a broken game. Yeah. Yes. And maybe it's only ten percent broken. You know, like people don't seem to be complaining about Daisy's bugs. That I've seen. It probably works a lot better than the mod did, honestly. <laughs> I, okay, I was, about to, I was about to bring up the mod. It was like, if somebody, like, if you bought the mod, you're buying a game that will never be fixed. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like, so th- that's a little bit different than than something that has the promise of being fixed. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Buying a game that doesn't work, like... I mean, I guess that's how some people have to do it. Not everybody is Blizzard, right? Where you can just release a beta to. A, I was about to say, few... isn't it? Isn't this? Isn't buying a broken game just like buying a Bethesda game? Oh, <laughs> Ooh, wow! Sorry, continue. Yeah, well, no, it wasn't New Vegas like totally broken. Yeah, at the beginning. Yeah. Um, well, fuck. I mean, that doesn't that even kind of come back to the idea of like. You know, ship now, patch later. Yeah. I mean, isn't that 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 same idea just like that we talked about years ago? Just kind of to the extreme degree, like literally shipping a broken game mm-hmm. instead of shipping a game that's like kind of broken that like we're gonna fix day one with a with a with a patch. It's like we've said fuck that now. We're actually just shipping you a game, but we're t- it's broken, but we're telling you that it's broken, but hopefully we'll fix it eventually. Yeah. I don't know. That's a scary idea. Like, what if they never fix it? Yeah. Like, what if, what if, what if it's like interest wanes on it and like you're one of the, like the last thousand people that stuck around, everyone else jumps ship and the devs don't feel the need to fix it ever again because it just like interest dropped off. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like with the, but I mean, with Kickstarter, are, are you are you guaranteed a working game? Is well, that part of okay, the so rules? Well, okay, so the thing about Kickstarter is that it's also entirely possible that they will never deliver with a Kickstarter. I mean, it, it does happen rarely. So far, all the ones I've backed have, have eventually delivered. And the other, the, the other thing, it's a perception. Like, people got so pissy about Broken Age getting delivered, what, more than a year later? 
than mm-hmm. they they originally promised and broken into two parts like right yeah. so so i mean that's well, your people other people don't like like the, the whole like retroactively being like oh no but this is what we're going to do yeah i mean yeah. i don't know like i feel like we're probably getting a more polished release because it took so long but right. people the people that got angry probably would have been happier if there was a a broken release like 6 months ago you know yeah exactly no, I mean, that, but that, and that's how some people work. Like some people, you know, there's those people out there that are like, they want like an alpha of something. Yeah. Like something that barely, barely works, but they, they just want the taste of it. I, I think, I think there is the urge to have like all just access. Just for the taste well, of it. Shut the fuck God no, damn it, Eddie. No, it's just I think there's this desire to have like all access to behind the scenes and the making of. People want the whole thing. They want the whole thing, despite the fact that analyzing things to that degree oftentimes ruins, ruins it. it. Yeah. Yep. Ruins the experience. Yeah. Yep. So, totally. so people would almost prefer to ruin the experience in the name of knowing more about something. Well, like with this Elite World, I remember. Spoilers. I'm gonna talk about Elite World. I remember with Elite World, people remember people used to always ask for the the fucking rain map from yes. season two. Yeah, they they, they wanted it. It was not a real map. It was like well, a broken map. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. The map was broken because it it had rain and it was dark, but it it didn't have it didn't have because uh, a lot of that was done in color correction, mm-hmm. right? Uh, in post. And yeah. then the all like the the rain noises and the th- and the lightning flashes and all that stuff wasn't in the map and the map didn't really function. It was there to be a set, you know what I mean? And so right. people people would ask for it, and I was like, I could like put it up for people to download, but people would play it and then they would complain that well, it doesn't have these sound effects, it doesn't have this, and it doesn't have this, and there would there would be like no reason for me to spend my time going and adding those things right. in. Because what's the the least of which was that I actually had no idea how to. (laughs) So, you know, but it was one of those things. It was like people wanted that thing, but it wouldn't have meant anything. And it would have broken, I think it would have broken the illusion of the show in a lot of ways, but it also would have, I don't know, it just would have been a broken experience for people to have and not a complete experience. And I would have never wanted to release something unless it was something that people could do that on yeah and i think that's definitely the danger of early access games you know it's like are you releasing something that you feel like if this was your final release that you would be confident enough with it you know like i i don't know it's it's, it's not quite as bad the whole as, thing like everybody wants to eat the sausage but nobody wants to see how the sausage is made yeah like yeah. you don't want like it's not yeah like it, it league world didn't like but there was a lot of processing and the sausage like there wasn't the thing that you got wasn't you you can't go back to the factory and hang out there and it'd be the same experience oh god like the the, like, the series finale took place on like 20 different maps like literally like there was tw- we were using like yes. 12 different versions of militia just to like film some of well, that stuff i think the most telling thing about yeah. the elite world is that we watched the cuts without music and it wasn't funny and it w- or it wasn't good you know <laughs> yeah with that yeah without music it was like oh like people are gonna hate this, well, man. Uh, especially the challenges. <laughs> the challenge episodes are totally driven by Jace's music. Yeah, like they, yeah. that's what made those fantastic. Like especially the train one. Like the train one yeah. is made by Jace's music. Yeah. Well, no, and then um, people, what other map? People used to always ask for the Death Room map, and I was like, no, that's five right. maps. <laughs> like that's not. There's not one Death Room. There's five maps. 
And right, there's no the, sounds the of kids and swing sets. Yeah. yeah. And it's just a room. It's a room that's lit on one end and not the other. That's yep. literally <laughs> all it is. Yeah. And and then uh, I remember one time people were asking, like, well, can you just join them all together? I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's the thing. Like people want this alpha access to games, and and they they want. But I I don't know. I'm I don't think I'm for it. I I I, I kind of feel like I want to see the and this might be like the guy who who likes the movies and or or, or good shows like Breaking Bad, like the auteur, like. A guy, especially a guy like Tim Schafer, who is like, if there's ever an auteur for video games, Tim Schafer is it. Um, I want to see that guy's full vision of what he wants me to play. I don't want to be in the cutting room when he's watching spitball, when he he's spitballing or he's right. you know. I don't want to. I don't want to be there. I don't want to. I don't want to watch. Goodfellas when it's five hours long and there's like there's like busted takes in it. Like, so this is actually the distinction between Kickstarter and early access. With Kickstarter, like that's all all that behind the scenes stuff was is in the documentary. It's it's part of the tiers. You can have it if you want it, but if you just want to play the game, the game is discreet in and of itself. You're not playing mm-hmm. the behind the scenes <laughs> while you're playing the game. You know. Right, totally. Like that's, but like, but at the same time, like the documentary about Goodfellas, yeah, I'll watch that. But like, I'm talking about like being an alpha would be like being or a beta would be like being in the edit bay for Goodfellas. Right. You don't want that. Like, why would you want that? You want the movie as the the creator wants to give it to you. Like, I don't know. I think it's silly. That's I. That's how I feel about it. I feel like you, I don't want early access. I want done access. I want the I want the game done the way it should be done. And then if if you know if I'm super interested in it and they they have extra content that's about how they made it, I'm all for it. Like the you know what was the uh, God what was that game the Warhammer game? I was on I, I was on like the mailing list for that game and. Because I was super into it, because it was from the guys who made Dark Age of Camelot, which oh, I really yeah, I loved. You were, you were so excited about Warhammer. I was so excited, and it, and it didn't it didn't really live up to it. But though they released these little documentaries coming up to it that were about different things. The most interesting thing to me was the guy who who wrote the music for it, right? And this like you don't have to like play the fucking alpha to know about this but if you watch a documentary about the guy who made the music you know he had a 2 hour commute each way and on the way to his job he had a laptop in his passenger seat and would write the music on his laptop what? and then when he got to the wow. office he would turn that into an orchestrated piece and then eventually got flown out to like Prague and a band and a whole orchestra played it live. But like the dude made it in his car on the way there. Like, you know what? That's fascinating. That's great. I love that part of it. But delivering a broken game is not that. Those are totally different things. Yeah. So that's that's how I feel. Well, good. Well, I think that's about it for all the topics we wanted to cover tonight. Yeah, pretty much. It's been a long podcast because we've had some interruptions. That's some interruptions. Well, hopefully a lot of them will get cut out, but yes. 
You know, we could let people see the sausage. We could let them have early access. They can get the full <laughs> podcast and listen to. Wait, did we just name the podcast? Is it full let access. people see the sausage? Uh, yeah, or it could be the full access cast. Yeah, they can listen to my dog vomit. They can listen to <laughs> Jeff talk to his parents. They can listen to my mom come leave some caramel popcorn. Oh, you know what? House. I wasn't recording when I talked to my parents. That's so. true. <laughs> but my mom did come drop off caramel popcorn during the podcast. I did have Dan in my room, and then uh, Jace came in my room, and then Michelle was in my room. I've had many people in my room. This, this was a Smooth Few Films reunion, just, you know, if, if we had heard. With my girlfriend. It was yeah. Smooth Few Films plus girlfriend, but yes. <laughs> SS, SFF plus GF, but yes. Or SSF, as a lot of commenters like to call it. <laughs> for no reason. Smooth Sue, smooth Sue Films. There you go. Sue Film. It's a, it's a cooking agency. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that is it for the podcast. You guys should rate and review the cast on iTunes. You should say favorable things about it, and particularly... The three of us that are present. Because we are and the best. Unfavorable things about a certain Canadian and a quote-unquote sick Floridian. Cuban Floridian. guy. Cuban? Uh, um, He's of Cuban descent, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. He's probably just eating a ham sandwich somewhere. Um, well, double co- it's pork plus ham. That's the great thing about the Cuban sandwich is that there's it's... There's not much great about the Cuban sandwich. It's like a you regular You don't like sandwich. a Cuban it's like a regular sandwich. I've been but making them since I was pork. five. It's double pork. It's Man. double pig. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. Okay, going, anyway. Isn't going. Anthony allergic to pork? Or he claims he is? He claims. I love you're like, he claims he is. I feel like I heard Anthony say he's allergic to pork, which, does that mean he doesn't eat bacon? Or ham? I eat bacon. Or Cuban sandwiches. Or that's sausage. Just, sausage. That's like, sausage. That's like pork. doubling down on allergies. You know, pig is my favorite my favorite animal. Can you guys hear my cat? Yes. Yes. We, we will put Anthony to the question when he comes. So you should follow him and ask him. Twitter.com Where slash follow? Taylor. Twitter.com slash Anthony Taylor underscore. I'm Twitter.com slash Eddie Rivas. Mitch is Twitter.com slash MI7C something. And I am Twitter.com slash Unsquare. I'm Twitter.com slash Nick Camardo. And, and my cat weighs 18 pounds and is on the chest. That's a fat ass cat. So thanks for listening to the cast. We love all of you three people that are still with us and yeah goodbye see you next there's more than three the the views i've been surprised next i've been surprised at the listens on the stats